Hi there, I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 161. And today, I have a few things that I'd like to share with you. Firstly, I have a story of when my girls were younger. It's called Giving a Child Unasked for Help. And then I want to tell you about our trip to Canberra. You might remember that Imogen, Sophie and I were invited to Canberra to speak about unschooling. And I'd like to tell you how we got on. And leading on from that meeting, I would like to talk about being an unschooler when we also have to be registered homeschoolers. Can we do it? Along the way, I'm sure I am going to touch on a lot of unschooling things. Yes, I've got lots of thoughts and ideas to share with you today. Just in case you're not interested in homeschool record keeping, maybe you're one of the fortunate people who don't have to answer to anybody and you can do whatever you like with your children. Just in case that's you, I'm going to put the record keeping things at the end of this podcast. Yes, maybe you would like to listen to the beginning of this episode. I might have some things to share that could interest you. And then I'll go on to all the record-keeping stuff later. So what shall I begin with? The story or the details about the Canberra meeting? I think I'll read the story to you first. Now I wrote this story seven years ago, I think. So that means that Gemma Rose, our youngest daughter, was eight years old. So I guess that qualifies this story as a younger unschooler story. So the story is called Giving a Child Unasked for Help. The other day I went to the library with my older girls. Sophie and Gemma Rose weren't with us. I decided to choose a few books for my younger daughters and when I got home I presented them with a small pile of books I'd found. I don't know if you'd like them, but you can read the first chapter and see what you think. Then I added, perhaps we could read the first chapter of one of the books together. Gemma Rose saw an opportunity. She quickly asked, can I read the first chapter to you? Will you listen to me read? I agreed and we snuggled on the sofa together, the book between us. We came to the end of the first chapter and Gemma Rose decided she liked the story. Can I read the rest of the book to you, please, Mum? What could I say? I had to encourage such an enthusiastic reader. Anyway, I was rather engrossed in the story myself. I also wanted to know what happened next. I said, yes. So every morning, Gemma Rose has treated me to a couple of chapters of her library book. I am enjoying being in the listener's chair instead of the reader's chair. Gemma Rose's reading is full of expression. She gives the characters different voices. She changes her tone and pitch. She does get a bit carried away every now and then and doesn't take the time to say every word. But I know she is just excited. She can't wait to see what will happen next. 
I can glance at the page and fill in the missing words, so that's not really a problem. I know that pacing her words will improve with time. Occasionally, Gemma Rose will mispronounce a word. Usually, there are unfamiliar words or foreign words or characters' names, which can be tricky, even for adults. They are not words I would expect an eight-year-old to pronounce correctly, especially an excited eight-year-old who is racing through the sentences, barely pausing for breath. But even the mispronunciation of words isn't really a problem. The problem occurs when I try and correct Gemma Rose's pronunciation. She huffs and puffs and her whole tone of voice changes as she says the word correctly. Do you know what I mean? Some kids just don't like unasked for help. I wondered if it was worth correcting these words Was it worth getting Gemma Rose all upset over a few wrongly said words? Should I just ignore them? I decided to ask Gemma Rose what I should do. Do you want me to tell you the right way to say the words? Or would you prefer to say them your own way? Gemma Rose thought for a moment. I think you should tell me the right way, she finally decided and we've had no problems whatsoever since Gemma Rose made her own decision about how much help she wanted. Simple. It seems to me that most adults don't like to be given unasked-for help either. It could be that children are no different. Well, at least Gemma Rose is no different. She is just like her mother. Of course, unasked-for help with the chores is always welcome. That is a different situation altogether. And then I posted that story with a picture of Gemma Rose standing on a chair at the sink in a cabin in Canberra. The caption reads, The photo is of Gemma Rose giving me some unasked for help while on holiday in Canberra recently. Yes, who would refuse help with the chores, especially unasked for help? That's rather good, isn't it? That photo caption is quite convenient. It leads me into our meeting at Canberra. Yes, we've been to Canberra a few times. It's one of our favourite places. We live in an area where there are no museums or art galleries or anything like that. We have to travel to the city if we want to go to such places. And usually we drive to the train station and catch a couple of trains up to Sydney. But occasionally we will go south and we will go to Canberra. Now it takes us just over two hours to get to Canberra and we can do that in a day. But occasionally we stay overnight and we see a few museums or art galleries or gardens, whatever we have decided that we want to see. And last weekend, Sophie, Imogen and I, we went to Canberra because we were invited to talk about unschooling to a group of Canberra unschoolers, homeschoolers. Yes, it was lovely to receive Tam's invitation and we were quite happy to make the journey. We set off about 7 o'clock on Saturday morning and we were in Canberra just after 9 o'clock. It really is a good journey. 
It wasn't until we were on the outskirts of Canberra that we actually had to stop at a set of traffic lights. Yeah, the only set of traffic lights between home and the meeting. We had time to find somewhere to have breakfast and then we went along to the meeting at 10 o'clock and we met a lovely group of parents. Some of them are unschoolers, some are homeschoolers and some are just starting out. They're looking at unschooling. Is unschooling for them? They wanted to find out more. Now on the way down to Canberra, Imogen and I discussed what we were going to talk about. It was quite difficult because I knew that people coming along would have different experiences with unschooling. Some might want to hear about starting unschooling. Some might want encouragement for continuing to unschool. Yes, I didn't really know what people wanted to hear from me. So I guess that I went down to Canberra a little bit unprepared. It would have been so much easier if somebody had said, we'd like you to come down and talk about strewing or starting unschooling or trust or teenagers, whatever. I would have had a topic that I could have planned around, but it didn't really matter. Everybody was very welcoming and very understanding that I only had an hour or so and I was thinking on the spot, what would people like to hear about? Of course, I introduced myself and Sophie and Imogen, told a little bit about our unschooling story, and that led on to questions, and we filled in a couple of hours very, very easily. Our discussion went all over the place. Yes, not very organized at all, but I hope that it was full of passion. I hope that people did enjoy talking about unschooling with us. And what I've been doing since we got home is thinking about all the topics that we did touch upon on Saturday, and I have been posting about those topics on Instagram. And I'm hoping this will make some sort of order of that unschooling meeting. It will remind everybody that came along of what we were talking about. Also, anybody else who didn't go to the Canberra meeting can join in on the discussion. So I think that's working okay. I'm sharing some photos of our weekend, some that I took and some better ones that my daughter Sophie took. And then, yes, one thought, one idea per photo, as well as posting on Instagram, I'm planning to post on my blog. I have already put one post up about dealing with criticism. It's called How Choosing a Different Path Can Cause Conflict. Instagram gives me a chance to post some quick thoughts. There's a lot of people on Instagram. It's very easy to connect in with other unschoolers. I guess that's the attraction of Instagram. Plus, it's also quick and easy. Upload one photo, add a caption. It doesn't have to be perfect. 20 minutes later, I can hit publish. Yes, I've got something out there. A blog post involves a lot more work. I'm more particular about how I've worded everything. But the advantage of a blog post is that I can say more. I can expand on my thoughts, add other ideas, add links, uh, connect to other blog posts. Yes, a blog post 
gives a more full picture of an idea that I'm trying to share with people. And I guess some people aren't on Instagram. They prefer reading blogs. So I'm trying to do a bit of both, post on Instagram and also post on my blog. And today I'm trying to share some of these thoughts and ideas in this podcast. Hopefully if you are a blog reader and an Instagrammer and a podcast listener, you will get different things out of each format. Even if I repeat the topic, hopefully you will still get something out of it each time. So we talked about a lot of different things during the Canberra meeting. One thing that struck me was that it had been a very, very long time since I'd got together with other unschoolers face to face. Actually, it has been years. We haven't met another unschooler since the early days of homeschooling. And this is the 27th year that we've been registered homeschoolers. Yeah, that's a long time, isn't it? I guess you could call us isolated unschoolers. During those years, of course, we've connected in with a lot of homeschoolers, but we haven't made friends with any kindred spirits, anybody that really understands what we're doing. For many of those years, we had no internet, but since the internet appeared, of course, things have changed. We can talk to unschoolers all the time. Online support groups, online communities, blogs, Instagram, whatever we are connected in with, they are invaluable. But after going to the meeting in Canberra on Saturday, I think that there is nothing like seeing people face to face. And it really is worth forming support groups and meeting up regularly. Now, we don't know any other unschoolers in our area. We have gone to homeschool groups for short periods of time, but it would be hard to form a group just for unschoolers because I don't know of any. But in Canberra, it seems that there are a number of people unschooling or interested in unschooling. Since Saturday, I have heard that the Canberra unschoolers have decided to meet in person once a month. These meetings are aimed at parents rather than children because I think that many times we get together for our children's sakes. We want opportunities for them to make friends and of course we make friends with other parents while our children are playing and getting to know each other, doing things together. But how many times do we focus just on the parents? Perhaps that's something worth doing. On Saturday, we talked about how wonderful it would be if we had a whole weekend together, a whole weekend to discuss unschooling. I don't know if that would ever happen, but if we can't get together once a month, say, wouldn't it be nice if we could go to an unschooling conference once a year, especially with people in our own area? Now, I know in America, Unschooling, homeschooling conferences are big. You know, there's a lot to choose from. Here in Australia, we're not so big on conferences. I wonder if that's because there aren't so many of us. Before getting to the meeting, I thought about what messages I would like everybody to go home with. Only having a short period of time, I couldn't tell people everything that I wanted to. I couldn't share all the wonderful and amazing aspects of unschooling that I usually write about or speak about. Yes, I was limited. 
but maybe people could go home with a couple of thoughts. If they only got two things from the meeting, it would be good. So what did I want those two things to be? I wanted to tell everybody that unschooling works. I don't really like the word works, but I think everybody understands what I mean by that word. Will we jeopardize our children's futures by unschooling? Will our kids turn out okay? Is there any chance they're going to come back to us and say, hey mom, I wish that I hadn't been unschooled. So I told everybody that unschooling does work. Unschooling kids can go to university if they want to. They can go on and have the careers that they would like to have. They can follow their dreams. They turn out to be well-adjusted adults. Our relationships with our unschooled children are amazing. Unschooling leads to closely knit families. Yes, we're closely connected with our children. So there's no need to worry about whether unschooling is going to work or not. Yes, it will. And I had my daughters Imogen and Sophie there, and Imogen spoke a little about being an unschooler and what she's doing now and how she feels about unschooling. It was all very, very positive. And the other point I wanted to make was that even if we are registered homeschoolers, we can unschool. Because I wonder how many people would love to unschool, but they say, we can't do that because we have to fulfill homeschool registration requirements. I wanted to tell people that it is possible to be an unschooler and also a registered homeschooler. So how do I know that? Well, as I said earlier, this is our 27th year of being registered homeschoolers. And we have never, ever had a problem getting through our registration visits. We have always done what we want to do. I've always found a way that allows my kids to learn in the way that suits them best, but at the same time satisfy the education department. Never, ever has there been a problem. So I wanted to tell people that. Now, the people in Canberra, their registration system is a little bit different from ours because we live in a different state. We live in New South Wales. But talking to the Canberra unschoolers, it seems that our system is a more difficult system than theirs. So if I can do it, probably all the Canberra unschoolers can do it as well. Someone asked me the best way to get through homeschool registration as an unschooler. My first point was that we need a good record-keeping system, one that showcases unschooling, one that captures all the unique unschooling learning experiences that our children have. Now, you might know that I use Evernote. I'm sure that there are other systems for keeping good homeschooling records, but yes, I would recommend Evernote. It's the digital note-taking system. It allows us to clip articles from the internet, add photos, add images of book covers and DVD covers. We can add audio files. We can make notes about all the things that our kids are doing. We can record conversations. 
We can add links to YouTube videos. Evernote has a lot of features that allow us to capture all kinds of learning experiences. And it's also possible to make our notes look very attractive. When I'm making homeschool record notes, I translate everything into schooly type language. And I think this also helps when our authorized person from the education department comes out to see us. She's expecting to see notes about geography and history and science and English and maths, all the usual stuff. And when she can see those words as the titles of my notes, it reassures her that my children are learning what they're supposed to be learning. That doesn't mean that my children are closely following the school syllabus or using a curriculum. It just means that I'm looking at my children's learning through the lens of school. I'm making it sound dull, I suppose, because unschool learning is so amazing. When I translate everything into schooly type language and put it into the structure that the education department wants, it's quite sad. I wonder if it makes everything sound very dull. But, I mean, that's what the education department wants. But despite doing all that, the wonder of unschooling still comes across. RAP said many times that my kids were getting an amazing education. She could see that they were doing wonderful things, things that aren't possible within the school system. So where was I? Yes, having a good record-keeping system is the first step, I think. And then the other critical thing, I think, is confidence. I know that a lot of parents get very worried about registration visits. Will the education department approve our applications? We're at their mercy. But I think that we should be more confident we should talk to our authorised people as equals. Not everybody has an education degree. My husband does, but I don't, and I don't really feel the need for one. I know a lot about education from just interacting with my own children. Yes, we read books, we read blogs, we have discussions about education. We are well informed. More importantly, we listen to our children. We observe them. We live with our kids. We know them and their needs and how they learn best, far better than anybody else, far better than the education department. We're experts on our own children. And if we can give that impression to our authorised people, I think that's good. Talk with confidence. On the whole, we all do a lot of complaining about homeschool registration. We wish we didn't have to fulfill requirements. Sometimes we think the government has no right to tell us what to do. They're our children. Why should we do what other people say? And so, yes, we get very negative about homeschool registration. Personally, I would like to see registration change. I think there are too many rules and regulations for families such as ours where it is obvious that we care about our kids. But our AP says that homeschool registration is supposed to protect kids. Even though it doesn't sound very likely to us because we care a lot about our kids, there are families where the parents will keep their children at home 
and they won't educate them. They won't give them the opportunities to learn. Maybe they want to employ their children in their shops, their businesses, whatever. Maybe they just can't be bothered to take their kids to school, so they keep them home. This is a lifetime away from our own experience, but my AP gave me a few examples of families that fit this category. She says that some kids fall between the cracks, and that's why we have homeschool registration, to save those kids. She says that she knows when she walks into a family's home whether parents care about their kids. And she wants to support families who are working to give their kids the best education they can. She doesn't want to put obstacles in their way. Of course, she's got to answer to the education department, so we're not free from rules and regulations. But it has been a pleasure knowing our AP over the past few years. Yes, occasionally we do hear horror stories about APs, but I wonder if we stood up for ourselves a bit more, if we show we know what we're doing, whether the education department would look at us with different eyes. There's another aspect to homeschool registration that I wanted to talk about. I mentioned this a few months ago when Gemma Rose had her very last homeschool registration visit. It was a wonderful day when we had our last visit by our AP. She signed off our paperwork and the education department will never be back again to see what we're doing. Now, this was good, but also, as I said, our visits have never been a problem. So even though we were happy, it wasn't such a big deal as I thought it would be. We just got up the next day. Life carried on as normal. Nothing changed. But I wonder what would happen if some family has been compromising their homeschooling just to satisfy the education department. After their very last visit, would things change? Would parents say, now we can do exactly what we want to do? Which would be good. But it seems to me very sad that everybody has to wait until a child is 15 to do what they really want to do. There's not a lot of those official homeschooling years left. When the education department has finished with us, when they no longer want to see our records, they no longer want to check on the progress of our children, yeah, things are over for them. They don't come back. They're not really interested in our children anymore. If our children haven't got the education that they need, then we can't go back to the education department and complain. We can't say... We did everything that you wanted, and now our children haven't got all the skills or all the virtues or whatever it is that they need for their future lives. What are you going to do about it? Because the education department is not going to do anything about it. It's up to us. So that's why I think it's very important that we stand up for our kids and try and do what our kids need from day one. It might seem difficult but with some creative thinking and sharing ideas between homeschoolers, sometimes we can do the impossible, or at least we can do more than we think we can do. And so that was the point I wanted to make at the Canberra Unschooling Meeting. Now I have a lot of blog posts and videos about homeschool record keeping, 
I've shared a lot of ideas that we've used. And if people want to talk about homeschool record keeping, I'm happy to do that. So you can stop by my blog or Instagram. Let me know if I can help you in any way. Another small point to do with confidence is that parents have all the skills they need to bring up and educate their children. I think sometimes we forget this. We don't have enough confidence. But we are strong people. We have a lot of knowledge. We can do this. And if we have a support group around us, people who are encouraging us, it is even easier. So never underestimate what you can do. Believe in yourself. Even though it's hard, we shouldn't listen to criticism. People get worried about us, I guess. They want to prevent us from making mistakes. They give us lots of warnings about the pathway that we're following. Maybe we have fears. Maybe we have doubts. Will it all work out? Can we do this? Well, the answer is Yes, we can. We can live amazing unschooling lives with our children. Our children are going to be fully equipped for their futures. Now, this doesn't mean that all of our children are going to be doctors or lawyers or do other such impressive things. Now, if our kids were in the school system and they got good grades, those are the type of careers that they would be expected to follow. If we hear that someone's child is going to be a doctor, we think, wow, they must be clever. They've done really well. And yes, of course, some people will be doctors. Some people will be lawyers. But some kids won't. They won't want to follow that pathway. Their talents will lie in other directions. And that is okay. Because unschooling is so individual, each of our children has different talents, different interests, they have different missions in life. And so we can't judge unschooling on whether our kids get into the finest university, whether they get into a career that has a lot of status, whether they earn a lot of money. So this was another point that I talked about, and Imogen talked a little bit about what she's doing. She is writing. She's published one fantasy novel and she's almost ready to publish the sequel. She's also working in a cafe which gives her enough money to support herself while she's working on what she really wants to do, while she's using her talents, while she's following her interests. Now some people might say, what is your daughter Imogen doing? And I might say, she's working in a cafe. And some people might think that's not a very good thing to do. But they don't know the whole story, do they? We have to support our kids in what they want to do. Not do things just to impress other people. Now I have got a lot of other thoughts to share with you that came from that Canberra meeting. And if you would like to keep up with them, you could join me on Instagram or check my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. I will put some of the ideas that I've spoken about today into words and make a little blog post about them. And yeah, post it on my blog with this podcast and all the show notes.
Before I finish this episode, I would like to thank everybody that stopped by on my blog last week and commented on my podcast, Shall We Talk About Christian Unschooling? It was lovely to hear your thoughts. Yes, we can talk about God between the lines, but occasionally perhaps it's okay to make a podcast or to write a blog post that is more directly about Christian unschooling. So I have already mentioned Instagram and my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. I could tell you about my books. You probably know that Curious Unschoolers and Radical Unschool Love are available on Amazon as Kindle and print books. I've had a couple of new reviews. They were both positive ones, which is lovely. So I'd just like to thank anybody who does stop by on Amazon to write a review of my books. I appreciate your efforts very much. Writing reviews might not seem very important, but it does spread the word about the books and therefore about unschooling. So if you have read my books and you like them, please hop over to Amazon And write a few sentences, yeah, just a sentence or two, and give the book a rating. Of course, I hope it's a positive one. You could do the same thing for this podcast. Yes, I haven't had any new podcast reviews for a while. But again, reviews get the word out. They help spread the word about what we're doing. Wouldn't it be lovely if more people heard about unschooling? So that's all for episode 161. This reminds me, I'm heading into another year of podcasting. Yes, I think it's my sixth year. Yes, yesterday I received an email thanking me for my payment for another year's worth of hosting with Podbean. I guess I should use that hosting now that I've paid for it. How many episodes of this podcast will I make in the coming year? Well, I hope I make a few. I hope I don't run out of ideas. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode. And until next time, don't forget to trust, respect, and love unconditionally.